Hello, Ed. Gah. I'm feeling a bit bar humbug now. I put my Christmas tree decorations up after the game, which has cheered me right up, to be honest. I f- hate Christmas. Yeah. I, on the other hand, love it. Not as much as I hate Jose Mourinho, the cowardly coward that he is. <laughs> Who would have predicted, Ed, that out of the two of us, I love Christmas and you hate it? It's... It'd been hard to hard to second guess that, wouldn't it? I don't hate no. Christmas. Um, I mean, you know, but you do hate Jose Mourinho. Are, are we are we <sighs> Mourinho out, Ed? Is that what's happened? No, I mean, because what the hell are United going to yeah, do? I, I just I just hate the way that we will never see United play really well in one of these big games. I just want to say at this point, while Mourinho's manager. By the way, like everyone that's listening, just save your tweets. Like this is at least partially tongue in cheek. Obviously, there's no even, not even a remote world that exists in which either of us would advocate right now for Mourinho to be removed as manager of Manchester United. So, no, not not removed so much as shot and then stamped on. <laughs> it's it. I, I was we've we've just were saying before we started recording, like I'll love him again by you know ten o'clock on Wednesday night after we've beaten Bournemouth. Yeah, well, after we battered Bournemouth, sure. Yeah. It's just, I would like, um, and you know, look, and fair enough, United did beat Arsenal a week ago and we all enjoyed that even though we conceded 5xG. Um, uh, or in other words, we should have lost by miles. Um, you know, and uh, and there will be other games in which United play well against one of the big six. But there just aren't very many. Um, and at home against Manchester City, I guess we got what we expected, but it just, uh, it just deeply disappointing that um we were, we barely were in the game I and mean, we we scored because of two unbelievable unbelievably bad errors <laughs> just other than, other than that wouldn't have had a sniff i mean city scored because of two unbelievably bad errors as well to be fair this is true this is true but uh, they did also create a number of good chances and had 75% of the possession yes although I think they more had 75% of the possession than created loads of big chances, if you know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they weren't... They were better than us. They weren't all that. It was one of the things that was frustrating about it. Partly, I guess, that was because we were relatively well-organised in their final third. But it was just... You well, know... We, we played the way that um, West Ham played and Huddersfield played and a bunch of other small teams play against City. We're just better than those other teams. Um, so and Mourinho's good at organizing organizing his defense, um, and you know there'll be people listening to this and writing on Twitter. Well, what else could we have done? You know, uh, but that's the kind of defeatism that I'm afraid we seem to have breeded since Fergie left. And uh, and th- I just th- yes, there were times when Ferguson Ferguson parked the bus as well. Well, in every big game, I mean no, it's, when, it's really draining. And when he did it against City in the season they won the league. We absolutely hammered him for it on this very podcast. Um, so we're, we're being consistent on that front, at least. Well, the, look, that, that time that United lost 1-0 in that game in, what was it, the spring of yeah. um, 2012, right? Yeah. And it was cowardly tactics from Ferguson on that occasion. We get that almost every big game from Mourinho, though. That was like one, it was so stunning because it was so rare. Um, and now it's it's the case. It, and the thing that's pissing me off, right, it's not that I'm Mourinho out or I don't think that Mourinho, you know, United will probably finish second. Um, but, uh, and, and we may well win the League Cup and the FA Cup and the, and probably not the Champions League, but you never know. <laughs> you were just going to rattle it off, weren't you? And then you're like, oh, no, oh, wait a minute. I was like, yeah, well, you know. Um, it's a bit strong to say we are probably going to win the Champions League. Yeah, it would be. But you know, it could, could well win more self-aware this season. That's what Mourinho does. Uh, but every single game of this nature, this is what's going to you know, happen. And it just means it's really hard to enjoy these games. Really hard. And I think if you're okay with that, then that's completely fine. Like, uh, what I mean is if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, brr, I'm fine with that. Well, that's fine. Uh, this is a, that's a different strokes for different folks thing. Uh, one of my massive frustrations watching United play this way, because the team comes out and you're like, he's put Martial, Rashford, Lingard and Lukaku in this team. Clearly, this is set up for incisive counter-attacking football. Not 
on the front foot attacking footballers. I think some people read the lineup as a very, in quotes, attacking lineup, but it was a lineup set up to counterattack. But we were so desperately inefficient in our on our use of the ball on the occasions which we recovered it. Like, okay, so the goal came from a very route one move, which you could say is a kind of, I don't know, some sort of um, justification for the that means of playing. But they were at, you know, you used the word cowardly about that Ferguson display. And this was cowardly. United were cowardly on the ball. They was they were just so reticent to ever pass the ball short. You know, the City fans were singing Park the Bus, Park the Bus, Man United, playing football the Mourinho way. And they were singing um, You're Effing Scared, I think, was the tune that, that was being sung to. And they were right. This is that's what was happening. United played scared in possession. And that was the most frustrating thing because City on the counter-attack were vulnerable. Uh, yeah, but we barely ever saw it. I mean, they just uh, lumped it forward, basically. Exactly. Uh, and, and, it, you know, and it hit, hit Romelu Lukaku and bounced off him because he was awful. I'm not going to pick out just him because, like, from 2 to two to 11, they were all pretty awful, weren't they? Um, but, uh, you know, even that tactic of just hoofing it forward didn't work because it never stuck up front. So they just kept coming back all the time. And, uh, you know, it, like, there have been occasions when United have played this way and it's worked, right? That is, played deep and then launched it long. Um, in the Europa League final, for example, mm. where we also had 25% possession or something like that. And uh, and it worked then, but, um, you know, I don't think City were ever, ever in trouble, really. I mean, like a horrendous mistake from the diagonal, Otamendi and Delph, Um and you wouldn't expect that typically of those players. And and um, but apart from that, not too many chances for United. One that hit the goalkeeper in the face, uh, no doubt will be was claimed as the greatest save chance. ever known to man. It was um, a good double save. He, especially his positioning for the second save was that's good. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, he got up quickly, but he did go straight at him again. But he got up quickly. Um, and but apart from that, what? Nothing really. We do have to talk about Lukaku because you you say. Can't you don't necessarily want to single him out, and I, I know what you're saying. But last week you said you were worried about him. I was like, ah, I'm not worried. Then he scored, and I was like, in you know, scored in the Champions League game. I was like, see, I was right. Da, da, da. And then, oh, 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 that was a right old stinker. I like I said last week, I thought he was actually very good against both Watford and Arsenal. I thought his all round play was was really excellent. In this game, there was one nice touch um, in. Uh, in a counter-attacking move and almost everything else he did just, just was, was awful. I mean, the, the mistake for the first goal was bad. The mistake for the second goal was, um, was, I mean, it it can happen, right? And it's awful that it's happening to a player who's kind of struggling with his confidence and the crowd are starting to get on his back a bit. Maybe I don't know about in the ground because I wasn't there, but certainly social media was absolutely hammering him. And, uh, it's the worst time to make a mistake like that, but also like in front of goal, just snatching at stuff. There was the one he blasted over the bar from the corner, and then there were the two. Which well, it's right for a swinger. It's awful. I mean, he, he he's he's pub level uh, in in terms of his control on his right foot, and then um, you know the the one he smashed over the bar was on his right foot. Um, doesn't score too many with it either, so. I, I, I don't know. It's just in this kind of game, he has many, many qualities with the ball in front of him. Um, and he's uh, he's much neater on the ball uh, in certain scenarios, like, you know, when he's playing flicks and passes and stuff like that, than he is with the ball coming at him when he's going to bring other players into it. That's just not his game. I mean, it would have almost been better to play Zlatan up there today if, if United are going to play like that and just launch it. Um, or or if, if United can play on the break, could have played Martial through the middle. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, a heck of a heck of a call in terms of the long term management of his career to to play someone else through the middle in in this game. But I'm not saying well, you know. Wrong, but, the, but the criticism of Lukaku is he's a flat trap bully and doesn't do it in the big games. Unfortunately, that's kind of playing out. You know, I, I really wish it wasn't true, and, and maybe it won't become true by the end of the season. But uh, right now, and and he's not helped of course, by the fact that uh, Mourinho is is so deeply conservative in these big games. 
um, that he's he's mostly completely isolated. And so, you know, I feel sorry for him in the circumstances, but he's kind of, um, you know, making the stereotype true of him, you know, being not very neat on the ball um, and not, not great against better teams. I mean, the, the, the one thing that I, this week, I'll say in his defence, which is sort of a bit of a broader cultural point, really, about the way we experience football, is that he's been at Manchester United for six months. Does, did he come in June? I don't even know if he came in June. Maybe it's less than six months. And I don't mean you. I mean, the general cultural context is a bit like people are ready to write him off and write off his United career in six months. One of the things I've seen loads of comparisons to Van Persie, who of course had an incredible impact when he arrived at United, but Van Persie's three-year Manchester United career involved two-thirds of a good season. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not writing him off. And, I know, uh, but, I, but know, I, I, I know think, you're like, not. Most of the things that were said about him before, and, you know, we because he's been in the Premier League a long time, right, that were observable about him before he joined United have just become, you know, are true, right? Yeah. You know, he yeah. doesn't have the first touch of the best strikers, right? He does some good things, but he doesn't. Um, and in a game like that, we really needed it. And his performance is much higher and his XG is much higher against lower rated teams. You yeah. Know? And, and for a player of £75 million, uh, playing for Manchester United, we want a little bit more than that, you know. So either United got to adapt and play for him, which means playing the ball through channels, um, getting the ball um, into wide areas and not necessarily lo- launching it long at him, you know, and not expecting him to play with his back to goal all the time. It's it's not where he is superb, right? And the problem is he, he's been asked to play that that quite a few times um, already. And that's that's another thing because it, it there is a risk, and I'm, I am actually not saying this is what's happened, but there is a risk of confirmation bias, isn't there? We go, oh yeah, see, Lukaku can't do it in the sure. big games after all. And I mean, I have to say this this particular game that we're talking about now. He just had a straight-up stinker. Like, the team wasn't set up to his strengths, whatever. Everything he did was terrible, bar about two things all game. So that's, you know, that's something else. But generally, you know, you buy a £75 million striker with a certain skill set and certain limitations and then don't set up your team to get the best out of that. That's, you know, then that becomes like, well, whose fault is that? Because there's no way anyone would ever convince me that Lukaku was like a Woodward signing. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's like Mourinho clearly wanted him. So what what are we doing? You know, what's he doing? What, why are we playing the way we're playing? Having spent seventy five million on on Lukaku, well, you know, and the other way of thinking about this is that after spending about seven hundred million since Ferguson retired, you know, he still haven't got a team that can pass to each other. Apparently, you know, <laughs> look, and and I'm clearly being a bit facetious there, um, but man, we are so far behind City, you know, and and they weren't even that good today. Definitely no. played better this season. And and this is just really worrying. It doesn't even look like um, uh, I like. I hate to say this, but uh, Michael Owen on Premier League TV, um, uh, which I get through a completely legal feed, honest. Uh, and uh, uh, he was saying after the match, he was asked after the match, um, uh, you know, uh, our team's going to be able to. Uh, claw back this 11 point gap 11 point to United 14 to Chelsea um, and he said no it looks like they'll win the Premier League by 20 odd points you know and right at the moment that, he looks about right doesn't he um, I don't know why I had to use my cologne to make my point there I should really regret that and I do um, <laughs> good do. yeah you should be ashamed of yourself it's a very obvious point you could have just made it yourself and really claimed it done. as your own really could have done. but fine. look it's and like I, I, in the history of the Premier League um, I'm not sure the team has ever actually won the league by 20 points. United won it by a lot of points a couple of times. And in fact, won, won it by, uh, I'm going to say, something like 12 points in 2001, something like that, and, and lost a few games at the end of the season. So, um, uh, you know, it's it would be pretty unprecedented for that to come true. But right now, it's hard to see uh, um, outside of that. And that's kind of worrying well, after the amount of investment United have actually made over the last sort of three years. 
Well, there's a couple of points. Firstly, I don't think City will win the league by 20 points because I think we'll we will continue, as we've done all season, to amass tons of points. Um, and they will presumably not amass points at the rate of whatever their current average is, which is very, very slightly under three points a game because they've what, got one Premier League draw, right? And have won every other game. Presumably the second half of the season is not going to follow exactly that pattern. And if it does, then they're a historic team. And that sort of brings me to the other point where I don't, I don't fundamentally disagree with what you're saying, but just um, that the idea that they're so far ahead of us with the level of investment that we've made, well, partly that's because they've made even more investment, right? Yeah, true. Although that's um, if that were the case, uh, uh, teams like Bournemouth and and uh, Burnley and so on would finish the season on about four points, right? So, unfortunately, there are <laughs> there are diminishing returns, right? So, um, yeah, uh, and uh, and always has been in football. Um, so, sure, I, I'm not sure I can fully agree with that i i'm just like the the frustration is that we can't even blame the glazers for this right we can blame incompetence nope. in management and some bad purchasing for sure um but we're also like we're going further away they are going further away and and we're supposed to have one of the world's top managers um who has you know been afforded plenty of money to invest in the team and there's loads of stuff wrong with it still and it's a frustration. Okay, so this is an this is this is a thought exercise, which is also kind of frustrating. I know you're not necessarily a big fan of hypothetical thought exercises, but Mourinho takes the City job at the beginning of last season, Guardiola takes the United job at the beginning of last season, or even both managers are in charge of the the current squads as they stand this season. Where are the positions between the two? Two are they closer? Um, than than they are. Are City still even ahead? Is it is Guardiola the key differential here? I I don't know whether that's true because look at the amount of silverware that Mourinho's amassed over the years. Right, it's not like he's he's short on winning stuff. Of course, yeah. Not. What he's short on is is playing a certain way. You know, Guardiola definitely gets his teams to to play with a kind of special secret sauce that Mourinho hasn't got. Um, that's not quite the the question you asked, right? So I I don't know whether that would be the case or not. Like you know, City man for man have a better squad than United at the moment, and um, and let's just assume Mourinho's top manager. The the extra frustration of being behind though is the way in which we're doing it. You know, this is this is not going out there and trying stand standing toe to toe. And I just I'm sorry I cannot accept the argument that people make that oh well if we do that we're going to get battered. Seriously? Manchester United. Mourinho says he's a top manager. He's had loads of money to invest. But Mourinho says he's a top manager. The the only the I mean I completely agree, by the way. The only thing is Mourinho's version of being a top manager includes playing like this. That's, you know, stylistically playing like this. That's that's part of what he's been all along. So that part but the the bit that I do agree is even if we'd got hammered by City, if we'd played a bit more with a bit more purpose and, you know, intent against, especially against Liverpool. And then, you know, I know we bang on us about this all the time, but so far, so far this season, we've won every game except for a stupid draw at Stoke, which was a, very, a sort of strange result. Not too much to read into that one, I don't think. Then, draw with Liverpool, incredibly frustrating. That loss to Huddersfield, which felt so much like it just grew out of that Anfield defeat, uh, Anfield draw. Then the loss to Chelsea, and now this loss to City. And that's not, in the course of a normal Premier League season, that, that isn't like a disastrous series of results. But the, the I don't even know what point I'm making. It's, I, don't, I don't know. That, I think you said we'd won every game except for... The no, one, no, two, three, sorry. Four, five I just mean games we've lost and the two we've drawn. Apart from that, yeah. what did the road no, ever no, do for it's, us? It's three games we've lost, right? We lost to Huddersfield, Chelsea, and City in the Premier League. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, what other game? Oh, we lost that uh, that game that really didn't matter when we already had twelve points in we, the. We lost to Basel. The, and we lost to Real Madrid. Uh, unless you're not counting that one. I'm not counting. I am absolutely not counting that one. <laughs> we counted, but won, you know. Though. 
<laughs> yeah, all I'm saying is, um, generally, well, we're second in the league on course for a pretty decent points total in the Premier League. So it's not all, it's not like we're losing every week. Sure, or sure, it's, but you know, he's making that argument. No one's making that argument. No one, I'm just... All we're saying is I, we just I, got the, battered by City um, and and we got battered and we, you know, the, the, the ship sank and we didn't even bother to try and get off. And that's, this is, I think I'm basically agreeing that the thing that is frustrating here is that it is these performances in these big games where he surrenders intent that are really costing us. So Huddersfield is the only exception to that pattern of games where we've we've suffered. And that came right off the back of the first time we really did that this season. And the, the thing that really gets my goal watching this from a distance is that so much of this is like one of Mourinho's defenders big arguments is that in those games uh, Liverpool and City in particular you could say there were individual performances which really cost United in terms of the game plan so it's really bad counter-attacking really wasteful um, in a way that ran counter to Mourinho's plan but my argument against this is this Manchester United team is a team that needs its psychological, um, its self-belief rebuilding. This is the primary problem with the players. Not not the, not the you know, there's a problem with Mourinho's tactics and all that kind of stuff, but the players' individual performances, it's so evident that they've developed an inferiority complex over the last few years, and this game was such a evidence of that in fact we've we've had question about this from at pk1 who says uh, do united players think they're not good enough or is it a tactic where you hoof it anywhere quickly in these big games against big teams serious lack of quality and ball retention and i think it's a tactic which makes the united players feel not good enough when city fans are singing you're scared park the bus park the bus man united i you could just feel the team shrink in that game. The same against Liverpool, which had the knock-on against Huddersfield. It's maddening. Yeah, I, look, I agree. It, it is completely maddening. And, uh, I mean, I guess uh, it would be fair for everyone to point out that um, we knew this was coming, right? It's Mourinho. This is what he does. And uh, and he, he uh, went to the press conference after the game and said City were lucky. You know, and uh, he's the Donald Trump of football management. He's just going to keep lying to our faces and, you know, braving it out. Um, and uh, and we're going to keep getting these performances in these big games and it's going to be deeply frustrating. You know, average points um, is great at the moment. United are on course to to get something like 83 points. 83 points would almost certainly get second. Not not every season, but I think probably this season, you know, um, where there's uh, much of a muchness below City. Uh, City are on course to get over ninety points, or probably a hundred or something. I don't know, um, and uh, which would be pretty, um, you know, pretty unprecedented. But um, for you know, yeah, sure, United results aren't terrible. They just there are a few games like this, like Arsenal, like Liverpool. Funny enough, away at Southampton or whatever it was, maybe that was last season, um, in which it, it drives you absolutely bonkers because there's enough quality in that team that they don't need to play this way. It's funny how um, somehow up, up Man United's relationship with Arsenal is such that this doesn't affect them. Like maybe it was just that we scored two goals early and so the confidence was there, but the this kind of like this kind of massive diminishment in quality like those those every one of those players in the united team apart from De Gea played at less than their peak ability in that game i don't know maybe chris morning played at about his peak ability but everyone else oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a harsh game <laughs> like did he have a bad game no that's, that, no that's what i'm saying so maybe that's exactly that maybe he played close to his peak ability but the rest of them is there another player in matic didn't really do much wrong that i saw but i was drifting out of periods of that game but but yeah as a as a collective they're playing vastly below each of their individual potential, even executing that game plan. Because this is the thing that's different. So if Chelsea's, Mourinho's first Chelsea side in particular, that feels like that's, I don't really know as much about the Inter team or the Madrid teams didn't follow it as closely, but that first Chelsea side would have run through walls for Mourinho. They all felt 
they were a foot taller on the pitch playing for Mourinho than they had done playing for other managers. This United side, as soon as you ask them to park the bus, immediately shrink a foot. Now, we- yeah, 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 and and you know, and it's it's almost institutionalised now. Four years since Ferguson left, four and a half years since Ferguson left, um, and you had David Moyes in there to pull the confidence up and Van Hal to reinforce that. Um, and now every time United play a team that's better, Mourinho goes, actually, you're not good enough for, to face this lot. You know, you better defend. And I don't think he knows that that's what he's doing. I think what he thinks he's doing is this is the best way over the course of a league season to win the league by playing like this against other teams. Because this isn't new. He's always done this everywhere he's ever been. So, you know, I mean, it's just at Madrid, there was only one big game every season, right? Um, yeah, well, two plus the, yeah. uh, a couple of Champions League games where they yep. fight each other as well. Um, look, a few details to talk about in this game because we haven't really. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, and a few interesting refereeing decisions as well to talk about. So, yeah. what can we talk about? We can talk about United's goal. Nice finish from Rashford. Extremely composed when he got the chance. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty lucky to get it. But two and two. Um, got there. Two good, and... good, good. That was good. Two um, and two for there Young was Rush. A, um, Booking for diving for Ander Herrera, which was, I'd say, a little on the harsh side, given that there was actually contact. I mean, he was definitely looking for it. I mean, the Um, the thing is, like, I don't know what the law is or how it's supposed to be interpreted, but he definitely dived. Like, there's no way what happened to his foot would have made him do what he did. No, no. But, I mean, if you don't do that, you don't get a penalty. So um, the players are incentivized to do exactly like do exactly that. All of them, ninety nine percent of them, yeah. um, and uh, uh, e- even clearer dive was Gabriel Jesus, which which the referee didn't give and didn't book him for. Yeah, very, very strange. Either. Very maybe. Let, I mean, I just think that referee's not very good. I'm not. A, I'm no, not a ref expert. No, I wonder but... whether the referee will look at that one because you know he wasn't even near to being. Uh, tripped and the, uh, you know, they have this retrospective punishment for diving now. Seems like a, an obvious one. There was a moment um, when David Silva absolutely clattered Herrera, and he because Matic had the ball, the ref played advantage, and then Matic was fouled, kept the ball, and got advantage. But United had no advantage from that possession. It was a very strange decision, I thought. Yeah, it was almost two bookings in two tackles from David Silva. Not like him, really. Well, it is. He's well snide. <laughs> like he's well. <laughs> he just is. He's because he's like a little magician and all that. And he still he is well snidey. <laughs> um, two city goals, absolutely horrendous. Oh. I mean, first one off a set piece. Uh, like <sighs> ser- seriously, not a single United player attacking that ball. Um, and then the second one, yeah, uh, horrendous on Romelu, Romelu Lukaku's swinger. Yeah. Yeah, just really unfortunate, really uh, in the context of everything that's been going on, particularly unfortunate. And just and also we'd got back, we'd been gifted away back in that game and actually started quite brightly in the second half, like Martial running at players and you know Lingard looking like he might be. You know, there was there was a bit of purpose to United in, in the beginning of the second half and it just all went away after that goal. It did. Uh, um, a question from at Benny Hudson, friend of the show. As if Pogba was stood in the centre circle, watching the ball be hoofed over his head again and again and then bouncing back towards our defenders over his head, would we have won? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder whether United have played slightly differently, at least been more effective in, in uh, bridging the gap between defence and attack. Well, given that, I mean, we had to go at Romelu Lukaku's performance, another player who I'm extremely fond of, who has not played well, he's played well once all season, and that was in an easy game, uh, is Ander Herrera, who had a, yet another stinker to add to his growing list of absolute stinkers for United this season. Yeah, at least he put his foot about a little bit. I mean, he didn't I mean, have a great game, but he was, but, you know, at least trying to kick a few I'm talking about players. on the... Give him that. I mean, um, <laughs> one player I might um, absent from too much criticism is Jesse Lingard, because he, he didn't really do anything effective going forward. But fucking hell, he he, he didn't half run, at least. You know, <laughs> everyone else shrunk into themselves and uh, he was giving it a go. Not that that really is uh, all that much. It's kind of the least you'd expect. Um, I don't know whether you yeah, saw... Uh, he definitely you know, did Eric it, but... Cantona's, um, Commissioner of Football series on ESPN, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, Eurosport. Eurosport. 
one of those. Gives an E and a sport yeah. in there. Yeah. So yeah, it's got an S. See, and close. And it was close. It. it was close. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I did yeah, think yeah, that was absolutely. kind of funny and kind of summed up this this debate, didn't it? You know, one side my heart is and will forever be beating United. On the other side, there's this bald guy whose vision of total football gives me a f-ing hard on. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, I, I want to come back to Herrera because the reason that I brought him up is just that. Um, to Benny's point, I I think Pogba would have done a better job than Herrera did in that game. So there would have been more chance of an incisive counter-attack if Pogba had been on the pitch. Uh, in the Europa League final, which you mentioned, the aforementioned Europa League final, Pogba was really good in telling moments on the ball, made a big difference. So I, sure, I actually... Sure, and he's a good player, you know, but these, uh, these kind of ifs, uh, you know, what football's all about because it's always small margins at the top. If only the snow that had fallen in Birmingham had fallen in Manchester. And the game would have been postponed till April when Pogba would have been available. If only. Yeah. Pretty uh, desperate, isn't it, that if? Yeah. Talking of snow, Moscow, they came, we beat them. We dominated the first half, didn't take chances. They scored a weird scrappy goal at the end that no one expected. And then uh, a nice little comeback, nice little um, sort of... Uh, Spirited comeback goal from Lukaku, which was obviously badly needed. And that was a nice goal and a nice goal from Rashford as well, meaning yeah. he has two. Two, two, and two, two and two, and he needed that because that was his first in 10 or something like that for Rashford. Yeah. Are you worried about that, Ed? Are you worried about that strike, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, he, he's not the player that United fans expected him to be. <laughs> just, want, just want to be abundantly clear. Just don't. It That literally was a joke, people. It was literally a joke. Uh, deep insider joke, that one. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, a little bit, but of course he barely gets a game up front. So, I mean, um, but a little bit generally worried about United in these these big games. <laughs> so, yeah. um, we've so much attacking talent there and it's just not being utilised. No, it's, it's a real shame and, and I just don't know... It's not going to change. So the, some of these games, the plan will work. The players will execute the plan. Maybe somehow Mourinho will uh, will get through to the players that this doesn't mean he doesn't think they're good. It's just his philosophy. Um, and we'll win a couple of these. But generally speaking, I think we're going to lose or draw more or less every time we try and play like this. Yeah, great. Let's take some Twitter questions. I'm feeling thoroughly depressed. <laughs> Uh, would one billion pounds be too much to pay for Antoine Griezmann? Says Rory Murphy. One. Yes, it would because you could probably get ten Antoine Griezmanns for that. But if yeah. someone's ponying um, up also, a billion pounds for players, great. I'm not sure having Antoine Griezmann in the side would have made a great deal of difference in that game either. Unfortunately, um, maybe it would. Big ifs, as you said. Uh, Ninety nine. At 99, it went boom. It says, when was the last time we played well in a derby match in the league? Uh, in Van Gaal's first season at home, we played amazing. Um, I can't remember the game in the second season, but in, in, oh yeah, it was that's why, because it was a terrible, terrible either 0-0 or 1-1 draw. Um, but in the first season, when we won 4-2, we were absolutely brilliant in that game. Awesome. Any, uh, how did we do last season? I can't even remember. What did we do against City last season? Uh, won a League Cup game. Oh, yeah, against their second string. We lost 2-1, Zlatan, Claudio Bravo, Wayne Rooney should have had a penalty, all that stuff. I remember. All of that. At Sev the Panda says, it's not that bad, hashtag Rankcast. No, you're right, it's not. We are almost, well, not almost, definitely, but we're very likely to finish second in the league, which is a massive improvement on anything in the post-Ferguson era, like a massive improvement. Best we finished was scraping fourth place um, after a very, very average season for most of the season in that first Van Gaal term. But otherwise it was seventh, fourth, fifth, sixth. So second is a huge improvement. Um, But... Like Ed was, Ed's been saying, like we've both been saying, it's just frustrating the manner in which this these big games are being addressed. Yeah. At Werner Dale says, which jam do you use to make a perfect peanut butter and jam sandwich? See, I'm not a big fan of peanut butter, so I don't. Although um, my little one, the middle one, mm-hmm. the four year old, 
He likes strawberry jam with his peanut butter. Okay. Do you like jam generally? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't tend to eat a lot of toast. So, okay. yeah, I do. If you had a piece of toast and you could put anything on it, what would you put on it? Some some uh, some jam. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what flavour though? Like, what bit, would, bit of cheese? What, bit of cheese? What flavour yeah, jam? Good. What flavour jam? Yeah. I, I'm... Yeah, maybe a maybe a, a raspberry jam. Although you get those little things in your middle of your teeth, then don't exactly you? what I was going to say. If it was just about taste, even especially I do like peanut butter. The peanut butter jam thing. If it was just about taste, I would have raspberry jam every time because it's got, especially with peanut butter, it's got a lovely kind of tart sweet combination with the salty peanut butter. Perfect. But the bits, they're just they're just no good. Um, at Lincoln Nation says. How do you cope up with the Derby loss? And he's got a gif of somebody crying. Well, mainly by recording my thoughts on this hit podcast. What I'd recommend is get a podcast. That would be what I recommend because it definitely helps. Oh, here's a nice cheery question. At Mavivek says, what do you think is the best Man United moment of 2017? We're in year end time. So get a bit of advanced advanced thinking on that. Best United moment of the year. Well, lifting the Europa League was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was a strange thing, though, because because of what happened in Manchester. It was so... Everything was so sad at that time. It was the, it was a kind of bittersweet quality because it's like, it's amazing that United had done it and then it sort of felt... I mean, this is totally irrelevant, really, but it felt right. I can't put it any more eloquently than that. Um I really, really, really enjoyed it when this season started with such a bang. And Pogba just was amazing straight off the bat. Martial's been brilliant every time he's played. Like, that that part of this season I really enjoyed. But I, I guess the Europa League. Zlatan's header to win the League Cup was pretty great as well. Pretty game moment. He's going to have to be those kind of moments with Mourinho. Yeah. You know. Talking of which, at Soundbloke says, Mourinho, name a single redeeming quality trait or attribute. Go. Well, he hoovers up trophies. Yeah. That's it, really, isn't it? He, he's an absolute shit of a human being. He plays this dirty, dirty anti-football whenever the big games come round. Uh, uh, the Bob other rede- is right. <laughs> the other redeeming quality, of course, is that we've played loads of lovely football against small teams and smashed them all like the uh, like the chumps they are. No, I don't really mean that part. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a question about players we're going to sign in January, but I can't face it, Mars. I'm sorry. Um, well, uh, uh, the club have already let it be known there aren't there. Uh, there isn't the money to be spending big in January. That's why they're trying to flog Luke Shaw all over all over Europe at the moment. I thought, oh, he was really good in the Moscow game. That's something we should yeah, say. Yeah, he, he had, had a, a good, good game. game. And, you know, he wasn't he wasn't outstanding, but I thought, you know, promising signs, especially for a player who's barely played in the last two years. Yeah, and uh, and you know, looked like a player who, if he continued that level of improvement, could be a big asset. But I, I suspect he won't be a United player for too much longer. Um, at Lloyd Stokes LLO one uh, didn't by the way sorry didn't Duncan Castle say we had ninety million to spend in January? Did he? Yeah, he did. Everyone else is day. saying there's, there's nothing in the kitty. Yeah, well, mm, well interesting. If, if that's what Big Dunk says, that must be true. Uh, at Lloyd Stokes SL Lloyd Stokes LLO one says favorite Man United in the snow memory. Um. I I just had a vision of an orange ball and the snow and the 1980s, but I couldn't tell you what game it was from. It just felt nice in my tummy thinking about it. Don't get enough games in the snow anymore. Now they all have undersoil heating and, you know, fancy covers and all that kind of stuff. The the game that always... I must have talked about this on the podcast before, but the game that always pops into my head when I think of games in the snow is a game where Chelsea played Tromso. And for some reason, that game is plugged into my brain in this incredibly intense, nostalgic way. I don't know why, but um, thinking about that game makes me feel really warm. Um, There's something about the the orange ball on the snow. It's it's big. 
Um, at Attiche underscore J, this is a question for you, Ed. What do you prefer a manager dressed up like? In a suit, a tracksuit, or hoodie avatars of hipster football managers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm one for the roll neck. You know, I think roll neck has a certain time and a place, and it's typically in some um, ridiculously fancy coffee shop in Silicon Valley. You know, not on a football field. I think a smart club suit is about right for a manager. They have to. They 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 stand out. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I'm not sure. I'm I'm a big fan of Mourinho's sort of puffy coat. Oh, I, I like it. It's a it. club coat, isn't it? You know, I like it. It's got a slightly Gallagher feel, ironically, mm. given he had an. Uh, there's a redeeming quality of Jose Mourinho. He had an excellent pop at Noel Gallagher this week when Gallagher was invited to be a pundit on Sky Sports, and Mourinho said, "If I was invited to be a pundit on Eurovision, I would turn it down," which was good. I thought it was good. I was pleased about that one. Who would have thought that Liam Gallagher would? Clearly be the best Gallagher brother by the year 2017. No one would have predicted that, but it's clearly the case that Liam is the sound one. Honestly, what that is massively shocking, that is. Just shows how people I, can I change. I think the only good Gallagher is a Gallagher that's seen, neither seen nor heard, personally. Ed, come on. You can't really believe that. Is that how much of an old man you've become? Like, oh, these young people with their parkers. I don't think he's a young person. Young no, that's me. true. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Big Shimmery Wall, another music-related question, De La Soul or Tribe Called Quest, show your workings. Well, uh, slightly, I think, a bit controversially, for me, it's not even close. It's De La Soul by Miles. Um, my workings are, I think they moved from that kind of late 80s, um quite like uh like almost run dmc kind of flow you know very on the beat de la soul kind of adapted and grew every de la soul album was a kind of ventured into another direction and i think they i just like their i like their flow better. i just don't really like q-tip as an mc which i know is a, a not a popular opinion but there you go i mean i not like him i just don't like him as much um all right, I, I don't understand this question. Maybe you will. At Ryan X Clark says, is Mourinho doing to Lukaku what he did to Pogba last season? What did he do to Pogba last season? Okay, you don't understand it either. Ryan, get back to us uh, for next week and we'll, we'll discuss this one again. Um, at Tom underscore Byfield says, did you guys get to hear any of the brilliantly entertaining Eric Cantona interviews last week? If you could ask Eric one question, what would it be? Um, I did ask Eric a question by proxy on the full-time devils interview with him. Um, I asked him what his favorite cartoon was from his book. Um, and he said he loves all his children equally, essentially. Um, but that's not the one question I'd ask him if I got to actually ask it myself, but I don't know what it is. It'd be about football. It'd be about his relationship with Fergie, I think. I'd just like to hear him talk about that. But mostly I didn't listen to those interviews generally because uh, I tried to get one for the podcast and we didn't, so I was bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Screw you, Eric. (laughs) No, no, take it back. Take it back, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) It's blasphemy. Um, All right, last question. Uh, from at Iron Bruiser. Great username. What a good username that is. Uh, would you rather wear two right shoes or two left shoes? I really don't care. It'd be pretty uncomfortable either way. But if you had two of each, I mean, there's an obvious solution for you here. <laughs> and then, Ed, um, where, did you... Oh, well, this is actually the last question from at Zavvehi. He says, uh, whiskey or beer as opposed to that drink, that being the derby? Uh, well, yeah, I hit the whiskey. Nice to live it in the, the house. He also said for Paul, same question, but I did indeed stick with the water. Um, so, <sighs> previews of upcoming games. I've lost I've lost all the enthusiasm in my heart for doing this, mostly because of that game. And also, we need to, we need to do something to reinvigorate our previews, Ed. Um, all right, well, let's talk Bournemouth then. Okay. Because, you know, uh, Bournemouth midweek. Uh, to which United is still trying to sell tickets. I, I do hope this is not a not sellout and we uh, suddenly become City with empty seats. Uh, I'm sure that's uh, not the case. Uh, Bournemouth beat Newcastle, Huddersfield Town, 
and uh, then drew with Swansea and lost to Burnley and then drew with Palace at the weekend. So mixed month or, or so, but they're doing all right. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I don't think that they represent anything like a serious threat to United unless United somehow conspire to be terrible again. And Pog was not there, so it is possible we will conspire to be terrible again. But Do you, do you think uh, he'll shake things up given the... I mean, you know, post City, he's he said they've only won because they're lucky. Um, which, you know, maybe for Mourinho, sorry to go backwards when we're previewing the next game. Maybe for Mourinho genuinely believes that because um, take away the uh, take away the two set pieces from which they scored, and the XG is going to be less than one. Um, so maybe maybe he's right. Anyway, do you think he'll I mean, change maybe... things up post post City? City were definitely lucky because we were absolutely diabolical and it's quite good fortune to come across the second best team in the country when they're in terrible form without their best player. But anyway, that's a ridiculous point. Um, uh, He's not going to change it up much, is he? I can't see him going to three at the back necessarily. Um, That's an interesting question, actually. Do you think he'd have been better off trying to do what he did in this game with three at the back? In the well, city it, it game. is interesting because most of the time he's tried to park the bus, he's gone to three at the back, hasn't he? And uh, he 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 changed it up because I presume he was always planning to go quite, kind of direct and long and try and get into the spaces behind City's fullbacks. Yeah. Uh, that's what he's trying to do. And yeah. uh, it wasn't even close to being effective. No. And... I'm sorry, we really are just going back over the same ground. But this is where I do have a shred of, well, actually, Mourinho did set up a game plan, which is players were unable to execute. He's the coach. But I, yeah, I mean, this is he's the thing. The like, part part of the problem the is... he's been 18 months, so I'm not accepting yeah. that. Anyway, let's let's talk about Bournemouth. Um, yeah. Kind, kind of Eddie, entertaining draw, I thought, at Palace at the weekend. Eddie Howe, a young English manager, the only one, like the only one that is allowed, he's allowed to keep his job, which is nice. And he has done an absolutely incredible job at Bournemouth. There's, you know, when you go there, it's such a, oh, this isn't, this is not a Premier League club. Nothing about Bournemouth is Premier League in size and scope. And yet, I mean, I guess they got some, they got some pretty big funding, didn't they, from, from, I believe, a Russian investor. Um, but apart from that, like there's nothing about this club that should be where it is, and and how has continually navigated what are very challenging and choppy waters to bring them from where he has to where they are. Yeah, uh, I thought they were the better side at the weekend. Um, you know, played um, played pretty effectively on the. I mean, Palace had a lot of chances, didn't they? But um, uh, yeah, they've got some good players as well. They play nice football. They are not conceding as many goals as they did. Last season, uh, they do have negative goal difference, um, but it's not like minus double figures yet. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, and by the looks of it, they'll be perfectly safe in the Premier League again, which, given the size of their stadium and their revenue and stuff, is is pretty amazing. Although, you know, this is this is uh, what the massive amounts of revenue in the Premier League can do. If you can survive that first season, you suddenly have a you know, a £60 million bump on all the teams coming up from the championship. The, um, I guess that one of the interesting things is that it's not like they're going to be massively gung-ho against us, but it, it seems unlikely that they will hugely pass, park the bus, that, you know, and put like 10 men behind the ball all the way through. Although it sort of did that a bit last season. Um I'm trying to. I think I was at that game, but I'm really struggling to remember anything salient about it. Um, I, of course, the season before with Bournemouth was the uh, the ill-fated game that didn't happen. Um, uh, but you know, so I don't think they're going to park the bus massively because they just don't, and so that should benefit us a little bit because I feel like obviously that united need space to operate in and they've got players who can be devastating in space you asked ages ago if i think marino is going to mix it up i mean one of the things is how how really can he mix it up i mean he could drop lukaku plays latan maybe um i don't know whether i necessarily think that's a brilliant idea at this point Bournemouth, we, no yeah exactly we want we want the the flat track bully to start to kind of get some confidence back um 
I wonder whether Mikatarian, who wasn't even in the squad against City, will uh, be in consideration. Um, uh, Mata again, like played a little bit right at the end of that game. Has Mikatarian uh, been ostracised enough yet that he's uh, allowed to come back? <laughs> I don't know. The punishment beatings will continue. Flaming um, not even on the bench today. Interestingly enough. Presumably that must be injury related because there's absolutely no way Mourinho would go into that game without Flaney on the bench. Would be interesting if it wasn't uh, McTominay. No, I mean I'm no, actually yeah. No, what am I talking about? He's got to be injury injury related, uh, unless he's that impressed. And I have to say, um, we didn't we didn't really talk much about CSK Moscow, but I thought McTominay came on and did well again. He's uh, he looks like a player who could adjust to the Premier League. I mean, I completely and utterly agree. And and it's interesting because I think I've mentioned this before, but he's a very much a late bloomer, isn't he? In that in that team, he's not the one that anyone really would have picked out as ready for Premier League action sort of thing in the last couple of seasons. Twanzebe, though, who clearly is, uh, also featured in that game. Uh, not from the start, but he got a good chunk. I think maybe Mourinho brought him on like the minute we went ahead or something, which was quite nice. Yeah, I kind of thought he might play a bit more. Um, he's he's barely playing a game. He he would be better doing um, what a number of other sort of players from United have done and, and get some time on loan. I mean, look at um, Fosu Mensa. He's playing every game for Palace at the moment. I wonder whether that's just the plan for next season. And, and he's having... Because this season was... Like last season, Fosu Mensa was doing what Twan is doing this season, basically. Um, so I wonder whether that's... I wonder whether that'll be part of the plan next next time around um, um so um that's so no i don't think we're going to mix it up massively uh then west brom away at west brom next weekend and Pods. west brom huh? it's not tony pulis tony pulis is not i suddenly thought oh yeah west brom is going to be tough you know but physical no. blah 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 but it's he's gone it's, it's, all, it's all yeah uh, uh yeah that's the thing no no english managers ever get a chance except if you're allardyce Pardiola. I said this last week. I'll say it again. Or Hudson. Sam does not. Sam does not belong in this category. Big Sam Allardyce does not belong in this same category as Hodgson, Pardew, Moyes, all of them. Big Sam. Moyes. Moyes. Oh yeah. He's doing all right, Moisey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Um, yeah, should we take? Should, I, I've got a question for you, Ed. Do you think that will a continue in an upward trajectory and they will achieve glory and exceed expectations, or b it will implode in itself in a vacuum no. of painful I, I, negativity? Really, really well, and uh, after Klopp's got fired in the summer, he gets the Liverpool job. That's what I hope. <laughs> Oh, that would be good. Um, anyway, let, Pard- let's talk about West Brom with Pardiola in charge. West Brom no, are dreadful. No, yeah, dreadful. no big Pardew Browns. Basically, what happened was they sold Darren Fletcher. And if you do sell Darren Fletcher, this is what will happen to you. Well, I think he left on a free. Okay. I'm not sure they had, a, they had a choice or wanted to have a choice about that one. Uh, the they're probably going to lose um, Johnny Evans, though, aren't they, in the winter? It looks like... Uh, some bids coming in uh, for the world's fifth best central defender. I know we make fun. You love to make fun of me about this, but my... He's a high-quality defender. He's, he's better exactly. than West Brom. He's better yep. than West Brom. Yep. Um, uh, he's better than most of Man United's central defenders. Out. He's better than two of Man United's central defenders. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... He's, he's definitely, he... definitely better than one. Definitely. And... Mark is not better than well. Actually, peak Marcus Rocco and peak Johnny Evans are probably at quite a similar level. It's just which one of them is at that peak level more often, and that's a toss-up, I reckon. Anyway, um, they are bad, West Brom. They're really, really bad. They were bad at Swansea, even under under Pardiola. But yeah, they basically deservedly lost that one. I thought Swansea were much better. And they, I mean, they they played in this kind of weird four three three that they had been playing before. Doesn't work for them. Uh, with a lot of very bad players um that don't really work for them. Uh they they are sinking fast. <laughs> and couldn't happen to a nicer egomaniac, could it? I mean, I've never met Alan Pardew, but my goodness, if half the stories are true. Um you what know the, the King story. 
You know the King story, right? This uh, is many of our listeners will know this story from other podcasts. From generally, it's out there. He was having lunch with a journalist. Um, I think it, this was at Palace, um, if I'm not mistaken, might have been Newcastle. Um, the journalist orders from something from lunch, and Pardew says, "Ah, oh, think if uh, if yours is nicer than mine, I'll have that." And um, the journalist goes, "You can't do that." And Alan Pardew says, "When you're the king, you can do what you like." <laughs> Now, I didn't hear that story firsthand. I'm just repeating a story I've heard many other times uh, for the sake of libel lawyers. And also the details may be inaccurate, but that is definitely the gist of it. Yeah. Um, well, he's he's uh, going to have to rub off some of that confidence on his team. He lost at Swansea, drew with Palace, drew with Newcastle, drew with Tottenham, got smashed by Chelsea, got smashed by Huddersfield, got smashed by City, got smashed by Southampton. Uh, so two all drawing coming when they yeah, play the game yeah, of their it. lives. I mean, look, I mean, seriously, without without Pogba, it's obviously a problem. United's midfield doesn't seem to function. But if there are not two games better than home to Bournemouth, who will not part the bus, at least not well, um, and away to uh, West Brom side that has absolutely no confidence at all at the moment, um, then these have got to be the right games to bounce back from that, that City result. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Um, for some reason, I'm more confident about this game than I am about the West Brom, but they're so bad. We we weren't in absolutely brilliant nick when we went to them last Christmas. Weird, weird. it's the game before Christmas last time as well. Although I think actually there's another game on the 23rd, if I'm not much mistaken. Um, let me just quickly look that up because that might slightly affect how all this plays out. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's in fact two games. There's, God, we're playing four games between now and Christmas. In yeah, fact, it's, it is, we should it's talk a about this. Busy schedule, um, although there's the uh, League Cup game at Bristol, um, but it's it's not a difficult schedule, is it? I mean, I no. actually don't play another of the top teams till the end of January now. So we are we're playing Bournemouth on Wednesday, West Brom on Sunday, Bristol on Wednesday away, away in Leicester on the 23rd, home on the 26th against Burnley, which actually they are good now, aren't they? Weirdly, well, that's true. Um, yeah, Southampton on the Saturday, uh, Everton on the Monday. That is absolutely brutal. Southampton and then Everton back to back. Like that Everton game is going to be such a low quality game um, on the first of January. The players come back hungover. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's definitely been a few games down the years uh, where that's happened. QPR, as we always talk about on this show, and Spurs. Very special to me that QPR game. Although that Spurs game was blessed by William Prunier. The Spurs game the other year that under Van Hal, remember that a really good first half, and then none of the players could could uh, run in the second half. And Mourinho and Van Hal said, "This is not football. This is a war," or something like that. Um, so yeah, we're just we're playing two games a week, and then sort of three games in a week uh, every week between now and the next time we've got a midweek clear. For now, is the week commencing the eighth of January, which I guess that might even get a fixture. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be an absolutely ram schedule, which does make me think that maybe, maybe in that Bournemouth game we will start to see a bit more like deliberate rotation. So we'll see games where Lingard and Rashford and Martial play, and then games where Mkhitaryan and Mata play, and you know maybe even maybe even a start somewhere along the way for Ibrahimovic, who doesn't look ready to start. I have to say, no, he doesn't. Although that game at Bristol uh, may well be a good one for him to do that. Um, uh, he he was left out the other week because he was fatigued. So obviously been training hard. Uh, I think you're right. I think uh, this is the time you do start to rotate. And then, of course, after Christmas comes the FA Cup and back into the Champions League in early February. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully that the season won't just peter out and we'll, we'll have some silverware to fight for. Um, but, you know... And it's rubbish to be saying this because we're so spoiled and used to being Man United and there has been all this investment and whatever. But like I said, second is a a big improvement on fifth and sixth and seventh, isn't it? So, you know, it's something. Yeah, Um, we are spoiled. But, uh, I mean, it's uh, (laughs) not going to win the league this year, so that would be five years. uh, And uh, there are probably some 15-year-olds out there that don't remember the last... United League victory or something like that. I reckon the fifteen-year-olds do it. <laughs> the ten-year-olds, though, it would be pretty vague for them, I guess. Um, wow. 
certainly there's people there's like you know people going the first there's probably people that have got had a season ticket for two seasons that don't remember us winning the league no my my four-year-old doesn't uh although he does uh good for him ask who the bad guys are and what (laughs) color they'll be wearing so i tell him good i'm glad the indoctrination is finally working it's taken a long time hasn't it uh it has but uh as has this podcast by the way yeah um uh, an hour of negativity and doom I mean, I don't feel any doom whatsoever about the the upcoming games. I think we'll beat Bournemouth comfortably. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was another game where we score three or four. Um, And then I guess I'm... In fact, let's do predictions. I'm going to go with a 3-0 win over Bournemouth and a 2-0 win over West Brom. Wow. Wow. Two clean sheets as well. Although that's about right, actually, because United uh, are pretty ship-shape at the back. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to go for 4-0 against Bournemouth because... We always yep. score four. Um, yep. And let's call it 3-2 at West Brom because Pardiola Bant has got to happen sometime. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, we'll be back with another one of these. Um, next week we'll just do as normal. Christmas will be a bit patchy, obviously, because it's Christmas and Ed's away and we'll do what we can do. Um, but uh, we'll definitely be back after the West Brom game. Um, we'll speak to you then. See you then. The Rankcast is produced by Tom Jenkins and supported by listeners like you. Head to patreon.com slash rankcast to find out more.